0: The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876
1: 283 9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community with a program dedicated towards answering your questions and also the concerns that you may have about the religion of Islam I am your host Imam Ibrahim Fawcettin this program is sponsored and brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica and for the sake of the new listeners the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam this community believes in the advent of the promised Messiah that is, the reformer of the age, in the person of His Holiness, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, may peace be unto him. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is also spread across over 200 countries, and the community believes in peaceful coexistence with God's creation and rejects any form of violence. Our motto is love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to send in your questions or concerns, please do so via WhatsApp. And the number to do so is 876-283-9533. Today on the program, I should say I'm delighted to be joined by two um, special guests. And they are also missionaries of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community to talk about Ramadan and forgiveness joining me from Canada is Imam Ali Raza who is a serving missionary of the community in Canada and he's been there for almost uh, the past year but before then he also served um, as a trainee in Tanzania and also in the capacity as a missionary in Ecuador and also in Guyana And also joining us um, is our regular uh, panel on the program, Imam Tariq Azim, President and Missionary in Charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community. Gentlemen, as I said, today, um, of course, being in the month of Ramadan, and I said last time that this Ramadan is going to be one of the historic Ramadans ever witnessed by any of us, at, at least any of us on the show and uh, we are talking about ramadan and forgiveness so to begin with it um imam ali i stated that you have served in the caribbean in two um countries ecuador in Gu- and also in guyana can you share with us your experience whilst you were in the caribbean
2: yes assalamu alaykum, barakatuh. thank you, thank you for having me on the show today uh, may peace and blessings be upon you and all the listeners. So as you mentioned, I had an opportunity to serve in uh, Guyana. That was for about two years. I was there from 2017 to to 2019. Um, I had served in Georgetown, which is the capital city. Um, And I also got an opportunity to serve in Linden for about eight months. That's a small town, maybe about one and a half to two hours away. About a hundred and forty kilometers away from Georgetown, so Linden, um, the total population was maybe twenty thousand for the whole town. Okay. So it was a very it was a very different experience serving in such a small town as compared to the bigger cities that we're used to, such as Georgetown that I had served in, or even in Ecuador, uh, Quito has a population of more than a million people, um, and just that one city had more than the population of all of Guyana so it was a very different experience, different climate than what we're used to in Canada so I'm very grateful for the experience, it was a very good time uh, that I got to spend there.
1: And talking about Ramadan, I I, I, as I said in the beginning this Ramadan is going to be one of the most uh, historic Ramadans ever witnessed. Uh, how are you uh, coping with Ramadan in, in quarantine if I should say?
2: Yes, so a big part of Ramazan is, of course, uh, the communal aspect where everyone in the community participates. We come to the mosque, we offer our prayers in congregation, Um, we have dhrus, such as lessons and lectures on the Holy Quran and on the Ahadis. So all of these things have become slightly difficult now, almost impossible in some cases, because of the COVID-19 crisis and how everyone has to uh, practice social distancing. So what we're trying to do is to keep everyone as engaged as we can uh, by means of different uh, technologies, Zoom, Google Meets, Google Hangouts, phone calls, emails, um, whatever we can do to try and keep everyone as engaged as we can. So every day in the morning after Fajr prayers, um, 10 minutes after Fajr per, I deliver a Durs on Google Meets. So everyone in my community, I send out the link, everyone joins in, and then we can have a small um, lecture, you can say, on some of the ahadith of the Holy Prophet wasallam. <laughs> in the same manner, in the evening time, uh, we have uh, a lecture on the Holy Qur'an. Um, so about an hour before we break our fast, an hour before we have iftar. I send out another link and then everyone joins into the link. Um, I can share a video on that, I can share my screen, I can post things and then I can deliver a lecture and everyone can participate. So of course it is difficult and it's like you said, it's probably the most unique Ramazan experience uh, that anyone's had so far, but uh, we're trying our best that we can still try and reap the benefits and rewards of Ramadan the best that we can.
1: Thank you very much for the um, the brief introduction. And also, um, as we get into our main discussion on the table, that is Ramadan and forgiveness. As Muslims, we know the month of Ramadan is divided into three parts. The first 10 days is dedicated as, you know, Allah's mercy. And in the second um, 10 days, which we find ourselves now, is also dedicated to God's forgiveness. And then the last 10 days is also uh, said to be uh, for protection against the hellfire. So talking about forgiveness as we are in the second uh, 10 days, what is Ramadan and forgiveness? What can you share to listeners, particularly keeping in view that most of our listeners might not be Muslims? Mm Yes. So uh,
2: the month of Ramadan is a very special month uh, in the world in in the life of a muslim um because the month of ramadan is one that is full of many many blessings and uh, this is an opportunity for all of us that we can try and reach out to god and then try and attain that closeness with god and try and um get our sins forgiven that we have previously committed and we can pray to allah um, for our coming life so the month of ramadan is a very special month and like you mentioned uh, the holy prophet muhammad okay. may peace and blessings of allah be upon him he has mentioned that ramadan is divided into three 10 day portions so the first portion like you said is for the mercy of allah taala and then the second portion which we are in right now is for the forgiveness of allah taala so we should focus on seeking forgiveness of allah taala in this month especially in these 10 days the holy prophet muhammad okay. sallallahu alaihi wasallam may peace and blessings be upon him He said that uh, Allah has made the keeping of the fasts in the month of Ramadan obligatory upon you. uh, And I have initiated its establishment for you. So whosoever keeps these fasts with the intention of winning reward from Allah and having full faith, such a one frees himself from sins to such an extent as to become as free of sins as the day his mother had given birth to him. He becomes like a newborn child. So this is what is possible for us to attain in the month of Ramadan. If we act upon the commandments that God has taught us, that the Holy Prophet has uh, exemplified for us, that he has taught us, then this is what we can hope to attain. That we become so free from sins that it's as if we are newborn children. Uh, And this is, uh, you know, Allah says in the Holy Quran, in uh, the Holy Book, he says in chapter number two, Verse number one eighty-five. He says, "Wa antasumu khayrulakum in kuntum lamun, which is, "And uh, fasting is good for you if you only knew." So, if we fast, we would see the benefits of fasting. And fasting, of course, um, we abstain from drinking, we abstain from eating, we abstain from our physical desires. But alongside this it's not just the physical aspect, we also have a spiritual aspect. So we would try to gain the closeness of Allah Ta'ala through these fasts. We would try to gain his forgiveness through these fasts. So if we fast in the correct manner, if we observe the month of Ramadan in the correct manner, like Allah says, it would be very beneficial for us. Uh, Similarly, the Holy Prophet Muhammad (laughs) Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's narrated by one of his companions, Hazrat Salman, uh, he says that, O oh people, a grand and blessed month is about to commence, sure. referring to the month of Ramadan. Yeah. And he says that in it is a night which is better than a thousand months. This is pertaining to a specific night, which is called the night of power, Lailatul Qadr. Yeah. And in it, uh, you can, anything that you ask, if you obtain this night, if you obtain this moment, then any of your prayers which you ask before Allah would be accepted. Sure. He further says, Allah has made the keeping of the fasts of this month obligatory upon you and made its nights for offering the voluntary prayers. This is the month whose first 10 days are mercy, its middle 10 days are the cause of winning forgiveness, and its last 10 days are for obtaining safety from the fire of hell. And anyone who feeds one who is fasting in this month shall be given such a drink from my reservoir that he will never experience thirst till the day he enters paradise. So as the Holy Prophet very clearly states, um, there's many opportunities for us to attain the forgiveness of God in this month. Um, There is the middle the whole month in itself, then specifically um, mentions the night of power, Lalatul Qadr, in which all prayers that you accept uh, that you pray before Allah, that you pray before God would be accepted. In the same way, he says, um, anyone who feeds someone who is fasting. Uh, would be given the like drink from Allah's reservoir. So this is a very keen point I wanted to mention. Just as if we feed someone, or if we give them drink, the Holy Prophet says, we too would be given drink, and we too would be given uh, food. So in the same way, we should also, when we seek the forgiveness of Allah ta'ala in this month, we should also seek to give other people forgiveness from us. So if there is someone who has wronged us and they, are, they apologize or they show their regret, then we should be keen to forgive them. Because, of course, uh, when we seek something from Allah Ta'ala, we should try and exemplify His attributes as well. So if Allah Ta'ala is forgiving, we should be forgiving. So if, there is some, if, if we are holding a grudge against someone, or if we are holding on to something that someone did in the past, sure. in this month, uh, it would be the best opportunity for us to try and forgive anyone who has wronged us, anyone who has uh, we 've had a quarrel with or we are we have a disagreement with. so in this month, we should also practice forgiveness when we seek forgiveness.
1: Thank you very much, imam Ali Radha for that you know beautiful presentation and um, at this point I come to Imam Tariq Azim. But even before that if you are if you just joined us you are listening to the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community on Best 100 FM and today we are talking about Ramadan and forgiveness and also a quick reminder that to send in your questions or concerns you can do so by WhatsApp and the number is 876 876- over the weekend the Ahmadiyya muslim community in a um, article presented on the Glina particularly on the 5th of may um, this year uh, spoke about the need to stand together as a people and this article was published on the i mean in the Glina and also on television jamaica um imam Tareq, you were um the brain behind that um you know publication but then i uh, the question i have for you today we have spoken about forgiveness particularly in the month of ramadan generally we see we hear and we also read in the holy quran that alongside allah the almighty god the almighty talking about his forgiveness he also mentions uh his punishment his wrath can you take us through what these two things, you know, mean in the Holy Quran? Why does Allah, talking about His forgiveness, also have to talk about His punishment and wrath?
3: As-salamu wa rahmatullahi warahmatullahi barakatuhu. Well, May so. peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and all the listeners. Uh, it, it is an uh, it is an important question, and it must be understood that why God mentions uh, His wrath, His punishments, that you know. Uh, that he gives to people in the holy quran not just in the holy quran rather in all the scriptures that came before holy quran as well why does god mention punishments and his wrath in the uh, in, you know in those in those books especially if we consider god to be forgiving and merciful sure.
1: sure
3: we have to understand that god talks to humans talks to mankind based on the way that they would understand you know when he presents his arguments when he presents teachings he presents them in a manner that people can relate to them and uh, and you know try to apply them to their lives so the holy quran in this regard uh, makes you know mention of the punishment that god has prescribed for those who sin but it also talks about the reward and forgiveness and mercy of allah the almighty generally we notice that there are two types uh, there are two ways to rectify someone's behavior one is to reward somebody and the other is to punish them okay so if someone listens someone obeys and follows what is taught asked of them then they are rewarded but if uh, they disobey then there is a consequence of it that is punishment and this is not just something that is uh, that we witness in the holy quran or in uh, in, in the words of god almighty but we see this in our day to day lives as well so um, for example um, you know a parent that wants to uh, make it make the parents that want to make their child understand that he should not do such and such things so what they have to do is that uh, you know what they often do is that they will tell the child that if you listen to us then we will let you play uh, video games for example or we will take you to the park or we will get you an ice cream but if you do not listen to us, your privilege, for example, playing video games or computer time or phone or whatever, will be taken away. Or you will be grounded and you would have to stay in your room for, you know, three days, one day, whatever it is. So these are, uh, this is a way uh, we train our children as well. We, we try to, you know, in our own knowledge, within our life experience, whatever we have learned, we want to make the child understand that what he is doing is wrong and he should listen to what we are telling this same concept is used by god almighty as well god almighty knows what is good for us and what is wrong for us so he uh, uh, god almighty basically has given those punishments or said the, or talked about those punishments in the holy quran so that we stay away from sin and we try we become motivated to do good that you know and the rewards uh, are there to make us be more inclined towards uh, fulfilling what God Almighty is saying. So this is one of the reasons that um, God Almighty mentions punishments in the Holy Quran. However, it should not be taken, it should not be understood in this manner that God does not love the people, God forbid. No, God Almighty loves uh, the creation and God Almighty wants them to live up to their potential. This is the same as we see in the case of the child. The parents don't want to harm the child. They don't want to punish the child. They want the child to excel. They want the child to become a good, a successful human being. That's why uh, they sometimes have this system where they um, uh, either reward the child if he does good or punish the child if he he doesn't uh, cooperate or doesn't listen to what the parents are saying. So this same concept is applied to God Almighty as well in this sense that God Almighty wants the best from human beings and he wants to forgive. He wants to have mercy. But just so that, uh, you know, uh, we realize that if we make bad choices, there will be consequences. For this reason, God Almighty mentions the punishments as well in the Holy Quran. One thing I would just like to mention here is that when we read the Holy Quran, where every God Almighty mentions punishment and, you know, um, the wrath of God is mentioned, we always see the mercy of Allah and forgiveness of Allah mentioned in nearly all those places. So this is a clear sign that God wishes to forgive. In the same
1: verse, in in most cases, in the same verse God mentions um, his punishment, he would also mention his mercy and forgiveness.
3: Either in the same verse or within the same paragraph that we are reading, you would find that if God is mentioning the punishments, then he would also mention what rewards are there in listening to what God Almighty is asking of us.
1: Okay, thank you very much um, Imam Tariq Azim And you know when you were speaking something came to mind um, There is a, a verse in the Holy Quran where Allah the Almighty clearly states That um, that my mercy encompasses everything And then also there is a hadith uh, narrated uh, sayings of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Which says that whenever a person intends This, this also shows how merciful God is Whenever a person intends to commit an evil deed, nothing is recorded in the person's favor. It is only when the person actually puts it into action, then one wrong, one wrong deed is I mean, recorded in the person's favor against the person. However, when a person intends to do something good, just by the mere thought of it, the person is recorded one good deed. And when he puts it into action, also he gets ten, you know, good deeds rewarded for him. So this shows that Allah is not, God is not just interested in punishing us. And that's why there is this clear, as if we can put it, imbalance in the way he apportions forgiveness and also punishment. Thank you very much, um, Imam Tariq Azim. I come to Imam Ali rather, um who... I want to you know specifically talk about forgiveness examples of forgiveness in the holy quran uh some of the things we learn from the holy quran can you share some um verses in the holy quran some teachings about forgiveness particularly from the holy quran
2: as per your question in the holy quran allah tala very clearly mentions how he is merciful how he is forgiving the conditions that he stipulates for us to Seek his forgiveness, seek his mercy. And like Imam Tariq said, of course, um, the only logical understanding is that uh, there can only be one of two outcomes to each each, uh, action. It would either elicit a positive result, which would be a reward, or it would elicit a negative one, depending on your action. So likewise, where Allah Ta'ala has mentioned his punishments and he has mentioned his wrath in the Holy Qur'an, but on a much larger scale, he has mentioned his forgiveness. He has mentioned his mercy. He has mentioned the rewards he has uh, planned or he has put in place for those of his people, for those of the humans who do good deeds, who seek his forgiveness, who turn to him over and over again. So in the Holy Qur'an, you can find both. But I would argue on just the fact of numbers, that he mentions his mercy and his forgiveness much, much more. In the Holy Quran, in chapter 39, verse 54, uh, God states, O my servants who have committed excesses against their own souls, despair not of the mercy of Allah. Surely Allah forgives all sins. Verily he is most forgiving, most merciful. So here Allah tells us, that uh, even if we do commit wrong, we should not despair of the mercy of Allah. Ta'ala. We should not despair of uh, his forgiveness, because Allah Ta'ala forgives all sins, and that he is the most forgiving, He is the most merciful. Likewise, um, in chapter chapter number 12, verse number 88, Allah' Ta'ala says, despair not, the merc- despair not of the mercy of Allah. For none despairs of Allah's mercy, save the unbelieving people. So once again, he tells us that do not be afraid, uh, do not despair, do not lose hope in the forgiveness of Allah, for indeed Allah forgives. uh, Only those people despair who do not believe that Allah forgives. Now we come to chapter 12, verse number 4. And Allah says here, and that you seek forgiveness of your Lord and then turn to him. He will provide for you a goodly provision until an appointed term, and he will grant his grace to everyone possessed of merit. And if you turn away, then surely I fear for you the punishment of a dreadful day. So now, like Imam Tariq mentioned, we see in this one verse, he mentions both his reward and his mercy, and he mentions his punishment. So he, Allah Ta'ala clearly states, if you turn towards Allah Ta'ala, if you come towards him in repentance and seeking his forgiveness, then indeed he will provide for you that which is best. And he says he will grant his grace. But at the same time, Allah Ta'ala says, if you turn away, then surely I fear for you the punishment of a dreadful day. So this is how Allah Ta'ala mentions both of his punishment and his uh, reward in the same verse, saying if you follow the actions as you are told to do, then you will be rewarded. But of course, if you don't, then there would be repercussions. Now we come a little bit towards uh, some of the ways Allah has taught us to seek his forgiveness. Sure. Allah Taala says in chapter 18, Surah An-Nur, Delight, in this, in verse number 23, he says, And let them forgive and pass over the offense. Do you not desire that Allah should forgive you? And Allah is most forgiving, merciful. So in this verse, Allah Ta'ala teaches us, like I mentioned before, that if we seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, we should try and extend our forgiveness to other people. So Allah Ta'ala says over here to us, and let them, and uh, by them he is talking to the believers, he says, let them forgive and pass over the offense of others. So if others have transgressed against us, if others have harmed us in some way, and then they seek forgiveness, they want you to forgive them, they apologize, then we sh- we too should forgive them. For it does not behove a believer to hold malice in his heart, to hold these grudges in his heart, while he seeks the same forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala, of, of his God. So we too should try and forgive others so that we would be forgiven. Likewise, in uh, chapter 3, verse number 136, Once again, I would just read the translation. Allah Ta'ala says, And those who, when they commit a foul deed or wrong themselves, remember Allah and implore forgiveness for their sins. And who can forgive sins except Allah and do not persist knowingly in what they have done? So Allah Ta'ala has given another condition in this verse. He has given another stipulation. And he says that when you do something wrong, when you have committed a sin, But you remember Allah and you seek his forgiveness. It says, who can forgive sins except Allah? For of course Allah Ta'ala will forgive sins. But at the end of the verse, Allah Ta'ala says, but these same people do not persist knowingly in what they have done. And of course, this makes absolute sense. Um, If someone says, oh Allah, forgive me my sin, forgive me for lying. But he continues to lie continuously and he knows what he's doing. But he seeks to, you can almost say he seeks to deceive Allah or he seeks to deceive his own heart. By every time he lies, he feels bad. So he says, okay, let me seek Allah's forgiveness. But he knows he's going to lie again. He knows he's going to return to his sin.
1: In that case, there's no point. There's no point forgiving um, Allah, forgiving such a person who keeps doing the same thing that he's, I mean, asking forgiveness for.
2: Yeah, because it's counterproductive where on one side you choose to do the sin over and over again on the other side you would say oh Allah forgive me but of course if someone decides if someone truly repents if someone says oh Allah help me so that I do never I never tell a lie again oh Allah help me that I am not of the dishonest oh Allah help me that I would become an honest person with the true intention of trying to change themselves then Allah's mercy as you said encompasses everything he would of course help Uh, his honest servants or his um, sincere servants who are trying to become better. So in this verse Allah says, and they do not persist knowingly in what they have done. Uh, So these are some verses but of course there are countless verses in uh, the Holy Quran. In chapter 15 verse number 57 Allah says, Who can despair of the mercy of his Lord save those who go astray? In chapter 18, verse 59, Allah says, And thy Lord is most forgiving, full of mercy. In chapter 6, verse 55, Allah says, Your Lord has taken it upon himself to show mercy. In chapter 7, verse 157, Allah says, My mercy encompasses all things. So like I said, uh, there are dozens of uh, incidents where Allah Ta'ala, God mentions his um, mercy over and over again. And the purpose, he mentions his mercy over and over again, is so man can realize how forgiving, how loving God is. And that we wouldn't be scared um, of turning towards him. Likewise, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, that Allah loves those who turn towards him. So turn towards him in uh, forgiveness. So we too should, uh, not only is Allah willing to forgive, not, Allah, not only is Allah wanting to forgive, He loves those. Allah says He loves those that who turn towards Him in repentance so that He should forgive them. So Allah loves to forgive, and we should seek His forgiveness as well.
1: Thank you very much for those interesting, you know, um, uh, quotations shared with us about how Allah the Almighty has stated copiously in the holy quran about his forgiveness and we learned that during the month of ramadan um the mercy of allah and i mean his um attribute of forgiveness is even increased more particularly in the month of Ramadan than any of the other months so um, this is a clear opportunity for us to seek allah's forgiveness particularly during the month of ramadan and it is not something that only muslims can do Um, I mean, non-Muslims can also use this as an opportunity to also um, seek Allah's forgiveness. But as the missionary said, there is a clear condition basically that when you uh, make that resolution that you're going to seek Allah's forgiveness, you don't return to that same thing again and again. And that is going to be counterproductive, as he said. This reminds me of course of one hadith and the hadith I mean the holy sayings of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, In which he said that every day Allah the Almighty God the Almighty sends angels who go about you know different parts of the world And they only go their primary purpose is to look for people who have guarded remembering God the Almighty and then they come back to god and they, you know communicate whatever they found allah knows everything already but then they communicate because it's an assignment given them and they have to report on the assignment so they come and say yeah god we found so and so people who had gathered and they were asking for your forgiveness and then god asks, do they know i mean much about my forgiveness if they knew then of course they would have even um, asked for more but cutting it short the angels report that God says, I have forgiven them of everything they were asking for me, from, I mean from me. Then the angels say, there was another person who was not part of them. He was just passing by and saw them guarded, remembering you. So he also stood by to watch and listen to what they were doing. And God said, even him, I forgive. So as I said, this holy month of Ramadan is not only for Muslims and non-muslims can also take advantage of god's forgiveness with this i come to imam tariq azim um, who i'm going to ask to take us through the um, holy prophet muhammad sallallahu you know sayings about forgiveness uh, imam tariq what did the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam stand for in terms of forgiveness what are some of his teachings and also his personal examples
3: yes absolutely uh, we learn our religion primarily from the holy quran that is the word of god almighty and secondly through the sayings and the actions of the holy prophet muhammad <inaudible> <inaudible> so um, as our brother uh, missionary imam ali raza sahib he mentioned Um, you know, the teachings from the Holy Quran that expound the the concept of forgiveness. Um, I will try to do the same from the the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So we find in the Holy Quran, uh, in the sayings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that the, you know, forgiveness of God Almighty is limitless. God Almighty is so forgiving that even... If a person who has sinned all his life, if he comes at the threshold of God Almighty seeking forgiveness, Allah will forgive him. Allah will, you know, will not turn him away. This is how forgiving and merciful our God is if we are true in our repentance and seeking of forgiveness. So I, I will read this uh, hadith, this saying of the prophet, which, uh, which you know, uh, may, which it helps understand. So a companion narrates, he says, I heard the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying, Allah the Exalted has said, O son of Adam, I shall go on forgiving you so long as you pray to me and aspire for my forgiveness, whatever may be your sins. O son of Adam, I do not care if your sins should pile up to the sky and should you beg pardon of me, I would forgive you. O son of Adam, if you come to me with an earth full of sins and meet me, not associating anything with me in worship, I will certainly grant you as much pardon as will fill the earth. So this saying this, uh, of the Holy Prophet, so in, which he is, uh, in which he is quoting uh, or paraphrasing God Almighty, um, here we see that how... Uh, a true believer, uh, you know, he would always be uh, fearful of the punishments and the wrath mentioned sure. in the Holy Quran and other uh, places, but at the same time, he would be very hopeful that, yes, Allah the Almighty uh, will forgive me. Uh, and that, that goes and connects with right with the verse that uh, uh, Imam Ali Raza Sahib presented uh, in the chapter uh, 39 of the Holy Quran, verse 54. Uh, Allah the Almighty says, Say, O my servants, who have committed excesses against their own souls despair not of the mercy of allah surely allah forgives all sins so you know the one who has done so much harm spiritually speaking so much harm to himself even then if that person reaches uh, you know goes to god almighty allah says don't be you know don't lose hope don't despair for the mercy of allah the almighty and he will be and allah forgives uh, people I will mention a couple of stories as well that the sure, Prophet peace, sure. be, upon, uh, peace be upon him mentioned of the people that were before uh, before the you know the religion of Islam.
1: Yeah,
3: there is a story mentioned of a lady, uh, a lady that was a prostitute. She had sinned, and you know much of her life. And uh, prostitution is uh, is such a uh, is such a basically a life that religiously spiritually speaking, that is uh, far far away. From uh, the love of God Almighty, far, far away from the ex- far, far away from righteousness and nearness sure. uh, to Allah the Almighty. So this lady that had committed sins all her life, it is mentioned that once uh, she was passing by uh, a water well, and she noticed that there was a dog sitting beside the well, and it was very close to dying because of thirst, because it could not fetch water from the well. So um, when she noticed that her her, her heart in her heart, she felt pain and anguish for that dog. So what she did, what she did was that she took off her shoe, and with the help of one of her, with her scarf, she yeah. got some water for the dog and gave it to the dog. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sure. mentions that because of her this action, because of her kindness and mercy that she showed towards that animal, Allah the Almighty forgave her sins. So we see that a lady that had sinned all her life, but because she showed mercy and kindness towards the creation of God Almighty, Allah the Almighty forgave all her sins due to one act of kindness that pleased God Almighty so much. Another narration, uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has mentioned, he says that um, in, in the people before us, there was one person who had committed many sins throughout his life and this person knew that you know if uh, if God is real if God asks me on the day of judgment uh, holds me accountable for all the sins I have done there is no way for me to to you know to witness the mercy of Allah I would certainly be put into hell I would certainly uh, be in you know um, in the fire sure so when he was about to die out of the fear uh, of God Almighty, what he's, he, he you know he called his children, and he said that when I die, make sure that you burn my body, do not bury me, burn my body. Burn to the point that my you know my ashes. flesh has melted away and my bones have turned into ashes. And then he said that once you find them, crush them so that they mm-hmm. turn into powder, meaning they, they don't remain in uh, any kind of chunks or anything. And then take them out into a breeze and let them you know just fly away all into you know scattered all over yeah so the Prophet peace be upon him said that on the day of judgment Allah would ask him that why did you do this even though God Almighty knows everything but just to uh, explain the situation the Prophet peace be upon him said that on the day of judgment Allah will ask him that why did you do this and the person will say that oh God God Almighty, I, uh, I sinned all my life and I was afraid of the punishment and wrath that you have said for all the sins. So therefore, uh, out of the fear, I, I asked my children to do this so that you know, my body could never be connected or put together again for the punishment. Allah the Almighty, the Holy Prophet says, Allah the <laughs> Almighty forgave that person because of the fear that he had of God Almighty at that point. So even though all his life was filled with sins, but because he had, um, you know, a fear of Allah in his heart at that point, and he was repentant, that's the key thing. He was repentant. He he wanted to get, uh, you know, uh, he understood that God Almighty's wrath is real and he wanted to turn to God. So God Almighty forgave him. So these stories, I mean, uh, the lesson in these stories is that God Almighty is looking for ways to forgive mankind. As believers, we always remain hopeful that Allah the Almighty will forgive us, but at the same time, we remain fearful that if we do not listen to, uh, to the instructions of God Almighty, then if He wishes, as He has already written in His scriptures, He can punish us because He has the right to do so. But because He is so merciful and forgiving, we hope that know we will take part from His forgiveness and sure. mercy
1: sure.
3: so this is uh, the forgiveness and mercy of Allah the Almighty that we learn um, in the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad Allah peace Allah. and blessings of Allah be upon him after reading these uh, you know we understand that verse of the Holy Quran that I referred to earlier as well in chapter 39 verse 54 that O my servants who have committed excesses against their own souls despair not of the mercy of Allah surely Allah forgives all sins verily he is most forgiving merciful
1: thank you very much imam Tariq. and I, I you wonder, know the uh, prophet Muhammad unfortunately has been known uh, to non-muslims for some you know um wrong reasons particularly due to the behavior and the attitude of some so-called muslims who have you know relegated the teaching of islam to the background and they are doing what they like attributing it to islam by so doing they bring bad name not only to them and also to islam but also to the holy founder of islam i want you to give us one or two examples of the prophets his own examples of forgiveness we read in the hadith that a person carried his um, daughter who was pregnant what happened to that person? We read that he was chased out from Mecca, uh, his home country where he was born, his hometown. And later on, he came back as, as a, you know, a victor. What happened to the people? Can you take us through some of these um, instances?
3: Absolutely. Uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has said, oh. It means that be merciful to others and you will receive mercy. Forgive others, and Allah will forgive you. So this is the teaching given by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that if you want to attain the mercy and forgiveness uh, from Allah the Almighty, then you must be forgiving yourself as well. Sure. And we see that no other human uh, in the history of mankind was as forgiving, as merciful, and as merciful as the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. You have given uh, two or three. Uh, examples, and I think that uh, the forgiveness, uh, the way the Holy Prophet, uh, peace be oh, upon him, forgave people throughout his life, it is something that we need to look at as as a whole episode because you need to explain the context, um, uh, you know, uh, of the uh, forgiveness or mercy that he showed, so that you understand the extent of it. Right? It what, to what, the context what, need to be understood? But again, mentioned yeah, what
1: happened to the 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 person who killed his? Um,
3: daughter exactly. who was yeah. I mean uh, the prophet peace be upon him Absolutely. had migrated from Mecca to Medina uh, due to the persecution that he was facing, not just him but all the followers uh, of the prophet as well, but his daughter who was married uh, already married and uh, living in Mecca she uh, was still there and she had not yet migrated so at one point she also decided to migrate where her uh, father was And while she was migrating, she was pregnant at this time, Um, a few people attacked her. And due to this, uh, soon after the child that she was carrying, was the baby was lost. And due to the injuries that she suffered in this encounter, uh, she also passed away soon after. So, I mean, you can imagine if someone's child is killed, what would the feelings and emotions uh, would be of of the father
1: at that time? sure.
3: The prophet, peace be upon him, he was, uh, you know, he later became the ruler of Arabia. So it wasn't just that, uh, you know, he was, um, an, he ordinary was person. an ordinary person seeking or that, that would generally be angry and seeking revenge for his daughter's murder. But he was the ruler, king of Arabia. What did he do with, with the people who killed uh, his daughter? He forgave them. He showed mercy to them saying that you did not know or you did not understand uh, well enough at that time, so he forgave them. His uncle, he was killed by a person. What did he do to that person? He forgave that person saying that just don't ever come in front of me because I love my uncle so dearly, so don't ever come in front of me again. But he forgave that person. He did not punish him or hold him accountable. This is when he was the king of Arabia. All these people were you know citizens or subjects, and he knew that these people had committed um, you know crimes atrocities, against me, yeah. against my against my family, atrocities against my family, and he still forgave them. You mentioned you know even the people of Arabia, uh, people Mecca. of Makkah, all of them. They they had persecuted the Muslims for more than thirteen years until the time, uh, Prophet migrated, and even when the Prophet migrated with the majority of the Muslims. They kept on attacking them when they then they had moved to their new city. Yeah. And what did Prophet peace be upon him do when he returned or entered Mecca as a king of Arabia? He forgave all of them. He said that there will be no punishment upon you today. So these are these are I'm, I'm mentioning some of the biggest incidents from the life of the Prophet, which uh, were you know uh, physical um, basically uh, torture or uh, murders were done and yet the Prophet peace be upon him where he had the capacity to punish the people. He chose to forgive the people This is the mercy and forgiveness that we witness in the life of Holy Prophet Muhammad <laughs> <Sallallahu> <laughs> alayhi wasallam, May peace and blessings of Allah the Almighty be upon him and, these, and, and, and It is through this type of behavior that if we follow we can also become worthy of receiving forgiveness and mercy from Allah the Almighty
1: Thank you, thank you, Imam Tariq Azim for, you know, taking us through the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam about forgiveness and also sharing some examples of his own personal um, you know, examples of forgiveness. At this point, I come to Imam Ali Raza Sahib, who I would want to in, in his discussion earlier um, you spoke about some conditions underlying forgiveness and here I would want you to explain them Um, in detail, are there some conditions, you know, for seeking forgiveness? And if there are, what are they? Imam um, Ali?
2: Yes. Um, So if the host would permit me, sure, I'd like to tell a story of forgiveness as well. So it's a little deviated from my question, but if you permit me just to share one more story. Yeah, go ahead, please. So, uh, as Imam Tariq Saab explained, uh, there were many examples of how Allah tala forgives. So, there's this one very common story we heard a lot in our childhood, and it always sure. stuck with me. So, I thought I would share that as well. And uh, that as well, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he once mentioned that there was uh, this man from the children of Israel, and he had committed a lot of sins, and part of his sins where that he had committed 99 murders. He had killed 99 people. And it was at this point in his life where he looked reflected on his life, and he felt that he needed to change. So, But of course, having done so much wrong, uh, one would wonder, would God forgive me? So he went to a monk, and he asked him, can I repent? Would God forgive me for all of these killings? And that man said, no, God would not forgive you, because you've killed so many people. So upon hearing this, he was so angered that he even killed that monk. And now he had killed a hundred people. So then he started asking around and another person, another monk perhaps, he told him, you should go to such and such town. It's uh, far from here. You would be away from your sins and you should seek forgiveness there. So this this man who had done the hundred murders, he set out and he started going towards such and such place. But on the way to such and such place, he died. And before he died, he turned his chest, he turned himself towards the town that he was going towards, and uh, he died. So once he passed away, once he died, both the angels of mercy and forgiveness and the angels of punishment, they both came, and they both disputed over where they should take him. Should they take him to heaven?
1: Each one of them them wanted to claim the, the person.
2: Yes, each one of them was trying to claim him. So, in Allah's infinite desire to forgive his servants. uh, He commanded the town that was uh, the the good town where he was headed towards to seek his forgiveness to move closer to him. And he commanded the evil town where he had committed all these murders to move further from him. And then what he told the angels was measure the distance between them. So if he is closer to the first town, then he would be claimed by the angels of punishment. And if he's closer to the town where he was seeking his forgiveness he would be claimed by the angels of mercy so when they measured he was closer to the one town where he was seeking forgiveness by a handspan, and so Allah forgave him his sins so the story always stuck with me, it's very inspiring that that even after committing a hundred murders you can still seek the forgiveness of Allah and Allah wants to, he desires to forgive, so he's looking for different ways he can forgive, it's not just um we're looking to seek His forgiveness. He's seeking to forgive us. Sure. So this is something that should inspire. Hopefully, that we can always seek towards Allah. Ta'ala. Now, reverting back to your question, which you had asked me uh, about the conditions—yeah,
1: conditions, conditions of seeking forgiveness
2: of seeking forgiveness uh, in from Allah. Ta'ala. So, for the purpose of seeking forgiveness from Allah, ta'ala, the promised Messiah, Alesha, may a peace Alesha. and blessings of Allah be upon him. He has taught us that uh, there are three um, conditions which we must fulfill when we seek forgiveness from God. So these are the three conditions. I would just uh, explain them a little bit. The first condition, as explained by the promised Messiah, is that before any evil act takes place, before we do any sin, before we commit any wrong. First, the first step of that is in our mind we receive a thought, an evil inclination, an inspiration that we should go do such and such act uh, that is bad. So the Promised Messiah a. S. A. S. has explained that the first condition for seeking forgiveness is to get rid of these kind of thoughts, these evil um, propensities, the mm. wicked fancies that we have, the evil inclinations. We must get rid of those. and. Uh, The promised Messiah, he has given an example. Um, He says that if if there is someone who has illicit relationships with a woman, of course he continues to have those illicit relationships with that woman because in his mind, when he thinks about her, he would think about how loving she is, about her beauty, about her good qualities. But the promised Messiah says, if instead of the good qualities, we replace them with bad qualities. So we would think about all of the things that are bad about her. We would think about her as being repulsive to us. We would think about her as being not a beautiful person. Uh, he even says, you know, some of those people who were Sufis, they were great mystics and great uh, Muslims. They went so far in practicing this that people that would uh, elicit evil from them, in, whenever they would look at them, they would see an ape or a pig. So that was how far they would go to try and make sure that the evil thoughts wouldn't even come into their minds. So this is the first condition, that we have to remove all kinds of evil thoughts and evil propensities from our mind so that we wouldn't even think about doing it. The second condition, uh, as Promised Messiah says, is remorse. So a person, when, whenever we do something bad, uh, whenever we do a sin, you know, there's a voice inside of every person and that tells them that, you know, oh, what you just did, you just did something wrong, you just did something very bad. So some people, they listen to that voice, and then they would feel even worse, and they would feel the remorse, they would feel the guilt, and they would try not to do it in the future. But some people, when they're going to hear that voice, they, they just make it be quiet, okay, you, you stay quiet. So they, they quiet that voice, and uh, they increase in the bad things that they do. So over time, they're going to do more bad things. They're going to do more evil. Uh, because every time that voice speaks up inside of them, they try and quiet the voice. So the second condition is remorse. Whenever we do something bad, we have to know we did something bad. We have to express remorse. We should reflect on it. We should want to be better. And we should know that what we did is not something that we want to do in the future. And so that uh, we try and seek actively ways that we should try not to do it. Um, The third condition, uh, the final condition of seeking forgiveness, is putting in a firm resolve that he will not revert to those vices. So if you did something bad, um, in your mind, you try and, hate that action you tell yourself okay i'm never going to lie again i'm never going to steal again i'm never gonna get into a fight whatever the bad action is that you're trying to get rid of then you're gonna feel bad for that action you're gonna if if you stole something uh you're gonna have that regret that you know i took what wasn't rightfully mine um you're gonna feel bad that you took away from someone else's uh items And the third thing is then you're going to make yourself a firm resolve that no matter what happens, I would never revert to this again. I would never do this again. And then in doing so, we seek from Allah Ta'ala. We say, oh Allah Ta'ala, help me so that I can never do this again. You seek Allah Ta'ala's blessings and his help. Because you know, Allah Ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, um, man is created weak, that we are weak. And of course, we can only be strong. We can only be firm in our resolve. If Allah so wills, Allah also, he also says that all, all power belongs to Allah. Sure. So if we, want, if, we, if we want the power to resist evil, Allah would then have to grant us that power. So that is, why we, that is what seeking forgiveness is. You seek forgiveness from Allah, you say, oh Allah, I did an evil act. I despise that act. I feel bad about that act and I never want to do it again. So Allah, if you would grant me the power or the resolve, that I would stay away from this horrible act and I would never ever do it again. You do not know how long you would have later on or if you would even get a chance
1: to seek forgiveness. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, Imam Ali Raza who joined us from Canada and also Imam Tariq Azim, who is a regular panel on the show for your contribution, insightful contribution and today we spoke about Ramadan and forgiveness hello dear listeners this is all that time would allow us on today's program and if you joined us halfway you have not missed anything you can visit our website voiceofislamjamaica.com and all the program past episodes as well as this episode is going to be available and if you want to also send in your question or any concern please do so by way of whatsapp and the number is 876 283 until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community it is love for all and hatred for none and assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi
0: wabarakatuh <laughs> Slay it